Well, thank you all for joining us. So the first slide is a picture of our lab in uh, Framingham, Massachusetts. Just, uh, and uh, go to the second slide. So the coronavirus epidemic started, as we everybody knows, in December of 2019 in Wuhan and has now spread to over actually 196 countries of the world and about a third of the cases are actually now in the United States. Uh, from the time of infection to symptoms is about 2 to 14 days, but the mean is about 5 days. And about half the patients actually based on uh, a couple of studies have no symptoms, uh, even though they test positive. Um, like on the Princess Diamond ship, uh, they did a complete analysis. Uh, but the other half often have fever, fatigue, cough, shortness of breath, and even pneumonia. And the fatality rate runs about 5%. Uh, I think it was somewhat higher in Italy because uh, they tended not to use, give ventilator support to the elder, very elderly. Um, at any rate, the virus has been named the Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2. Uh, and it it's, um, appears to have come from the horseshoe bat, uh, whereas the prior SARS-CoV-1 seems to have come from, believe it or not, pangolins, um, a, a rare animal in China. Anyway, it's a highly contagious RNA virus and spreads like influenza viruses through air droplets. Uh, the difference, and probably skin contact, the difference is this virus uh, is uh, can be much more fatal than influenza. So if we go to the next slide, uh, this is a picture of the uh, protein with its spike-like protein and its um, RNA uh, in inside the uh, virus. These these viruses are the ultimate parasites. They can't even reproduce. Uh, they force us to reproduce them or whoever they infect. Uh, the next slide shows a picture of an electron micrograph with these lycoprotein spikes. Uh, and these are the proteins that seem to be responsible for generating the antibody uh, level. So as you all know, the diagnosis is made based on PCR testing of nasopharyngeal or oral swabs uh, and, the find, and the finding uh, by PCR, real-time PCR of uh, SARS uh, uh, coronavirus 2 RNA. Um, on the other hand, exposure and immune status is determined by the finding of uh, greater than or equal to 1.0 uh, arbitrary units uh, of serum IgM or IgG antibody specific for the virus. And we have established this at Boston Heart through a chemiluminescence assay. Um, we are, of course, working with our partner, Viracor, based in the Kansas City area. And they're doing the PCR testing, although we have now established it here at Boston Heart as well. Next slide. Um, this is a chemiluminescence assay, which so the label is actually provides chemiluminescence. And, uh, and the, you make, they've made ant monoclonal antibodies who used against the IgM or IgG antibodies um, of the virus.
And on the next slide, uh, the IgM antibodies are expressed on the surface of B cells as monomers, and in the serum they are present as pentamers with ha very high avidity for the virus. Uh, they eliminate viruses and bacteria in early stages of B cell mediated humoral immunity before there is sufficient IgG. IgG, on the other hand, is present in four forms and provides the majority of antibody-based immunity against invading pathogens, including SARS-CoV-2. IgG is also the only antibody, because it's smaller, that's capable of crossing the placenta to give passive immunity to the fetus. It appears that uh, the virus does not cross the placenta. Uh, so but the mother can give the, the fetus uh, immunity. In terms of our validation, uh, we have been using uh, the uh, diazyme, SARS-CoV, IgM, and IgG kits, semiluminescence assay kits. A positive value is greater than or equal to 1.0 arbitrary unit per ml. And um, within run and between run CVs, were 4% and 2.5% for IgM and 25 and 2.1% for IgG positive controls. That is, uh, values greater than one. Next slide. So when we ran 100 random samples here at Boston Heart from uh, samples that healthcare providers had sent in, 1% were positive for an elevated IgM and 3% were positive for an elevated IgG, indicating potential 3% had prior exposure to um, uh, the coronavirus. Uh, we looked at 26 uh, negative PCR negative samples uh, from a local hospital, and all negative samples had negative IgG, and one sample, all but one sample had negative IgM. We looked at 10 positive samples from the same hospital, and they were all positive um, for IgG, and 9 out of 10 were positive for IgM. Uh, we also looked at five PCR negative and five PCR positive subjects from our clients that, where the PCR had been done by Viracore, and there uh, all the negatives were less than uh, one for both IgM and IgG, and the same was true for PCR positives being greater than or equal to 1.0 uh, AU uh, per ml, uh, IgM and IgG. Uh, the high levels you see, are, the highest level we got for IgG, believe it or not, was 128 in a hospitalized patient on a ventilator um, for, IgG, uh, for, um, for coronavirus. Uh, so IgM, is the, as I mentioned, is the first antibody produced in response to any viral infection and is the largest of all the immunoglobulins. IgG is much smaller and provides long-term response to protect from viral and bacterial attacks. It goes up and, and the initial peak is around 14 days, but it can actually continue to increase more than fourfold, especially if there's active infection.
Um, on the next slide, you can see the uh, IgM and IgG response curves uh, to the coronavirus. Um, and the peak uh, for IgM is a, at about five days, and then it drops. Uh, for IgG, the peak is about 14 days. And then um, it actually uh, doesn't always go down. It can stay up and actually indicates long-term immunity. Next slide. Um, here is a picture of our chemiluminescence uh, platform. These are automated uh, with robotic arms, very high throughput. Uh, and we work with uh, the company Dizyme on these assays. Uh, next slide. So right now, we're only planning to offer these uh, to hospitals because that's where the greatest need is for healthcare providers and also for very sick patients. Uh, and basically, it's a, a single tiger top tube poured off and labeled transport vials. We need about half a cc and then shipped to our lab overnight. Uh, the price is 150 for both antibodies, 120 through Viracore. And um, this is my last slide. The last slide is conclusions about antibody testing. It identifies people who have been exposed and developed immunity uh, to COVID-19 with or without symptoms. Beyond healthcare workers, identifying immunity can decrease the overall volume of patients in quarantine and potentially get people back to work sooner. It provides experts with a long-term clinical picture of what percentage of the population has been infected with SARS-CoV-2 and are now immune. Uh, in our random series of only 100, 100 patients, that subject set appears to be about 3%, which is a small percentage in a general population if this virus is marching through. Uh, preliminary results indicate that an infusion of convalescent plasma high in IgG antibodies uh, can be used to get COVID-19 patients off ventilators. This was just published in JAMA. Uh, this was only five patients. There were no controls. And they were given uh, 400 uh, mLs of uh, uh, fresh frozen plasma uh, from patients, uh, other subjects that had very high levels of IgG antibodies. So um, antibody testing, I think, has now become quite widely used in China, as well as in South Korea, and also in, in Germany, particularly, uh, for, for finding about figuring out who's, who's immune, who's been exposed and who's immune to this disease. So that was my last slide. Um, so uh, any comments or questions? Well, what you can do is uh, uh, submit your questions to uh, Peggy Daly, and um, I'll, try, I'll do my best to answer them. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Have a good day.